365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Purple Psychology. I'm Maria O'Riordan. We now have you listening in 21 countries on five continents. Thank you for that. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, welcome. Thank you. What are we talking about this time? I understand it's sport and personality theory with athletes. Yes, I love sport. Um, it's that wonderful combination of data and psychology, my two favourites. Um, all the trends in data that I can see, I think a lot of that's due to my dyslexia because I can see patterns in data very easily. I don't even have to see the shape of the graphs, which is quite funny. Do all dyslexics see these patterns that we don't see? Yes, dyslexics are really good at seeing patterns in data. We're, we're great on the stock market. What I've noticed with you is just say something falls on the floor like a packet of drawing pins or something small, you were the first to find everything or to see what has been dropped. Yeah, I'm, I'm really good at finding things. Um, I think that's partly because I have very good eyesight as well. I do find people's jewellery when we're out randomly where they've dropped their earring and I'm the one that finds it in the cobblestones. So getting back to sport and personality theory, what's your favourite aspect of this? As I said, I think it's that wonderful combination of loads of data for me to look at and personality theory. Um, all mashed together. Um, since the start of the football season, um, particularly in the UK, I've predicted the results of every game. Yes, I suppose to give people an overview, since the start of the season in 2014 and 2015, we've been, I guess, advising high-level football teams and players in the Premier League in the UK, also the MLS, the Major League Soccer in America, and one of the championship leagues in the UK as well, which is under the Premier League. Yeah, um, and what I find really interesting is that I'll, I'll tell you to go away and plot data because I'll tell you that the number of matches lost is the same as the number of matches won, or I'll tell you that there's a legacy effect where someone leaves a club and that there's always a dip even for several months afterwards or seasons afterwards after a particular individual has left a club, and then you'll go away and plot the data. You were telling me when we were getting into the sphere of sports since the Olympics in London that these are very difficult people, very difficult personality types, and they are really difficult teams to work with in the Premier League. Yes, it's interesting. The people who are drawn to sport, I suppose many personalities have self-destruct buttons. A number of personalities will just underachieve, um, and when we work with them, then they'll rock it very quickly. And then there's obviously people that we work with who I expected to take more time. But then there's people who we work with, and I expect them to have this self-destruct, more negative impacts. It's not just that they underachieve. They like to do it in spectacular style. Um, with a lot of um, a lot of other issues, for want of better word, going on in you their lives. You could say that, and it normally ends <laughs> up in the newspapers. Yeah, there's a, there's a big sense of that, and and what I've noticed particularly um, when you get to a certain level in football, what I've noticed um, particularly in the Premier League is is that there's a direct correlation for how much you pay for a player and how much they underachieve. Is this the generational patterns that we always talk about, whether it's business or sport, or you working with younger people? Yes, I do think there's a sense of that. Like, you know, I do work with five-year-olds who are overwhelmed by the shopping centre. 
so there's similarly there's a sense of being overwhelmed when you're at this level it's like you're in such a spotlight there's so much pressure there's so much depending on it there's so many people counting on you there's so much interest in it there's so many comments in the media there's so many reports there's so many reviews your every move is clocked and it's like you have a massive spotlight in every chink in your armour I think we were both quite shocked last year when we first started advising Premier League teams that, I mean, these people are photographed even when they go into a coffee shop for a coffee. It was just so alien to us. Yes, but the other bit I think that I find more shocking is is that traditionally these people haven't done very well in school. Um, I would expect the sports clubs to realise that there's a certain way that you need to present information to these people to understand it and to remember it and the sort of strategies. Um, and none of this is happening. I still see photos of them sitting lined up in a room in with desks and PowerPoint and I, I can't grasp why they don't give them the information in the way that they suits them. I mean, these are high-performance athletes, multimillionaires, every single one of them, on crazy salaries per week, which is just ridiculous at times because they underperform so much the more they're paid. But it's interesting. I mean, I guess the dynamics we've brought to play when you're working or advising teams has, has changed everything. Even still, I can see that certain players have been bought for next season to move to certain clubs, and I will predict that they will never score a goal again. And when you tell the owner of the team and the people in charge of the club about this in your dossier, I mean, we know the reactions. Yes, and you know, you tell them that there's a legacy effect, and it's and you tell them that what what shape the graph is going to take for the rest of the season, and I don't think they quite believe it till it it happens and they do it. And we've seen that time and time again since, you know, the season last year. Uh, it was quite shocking. I asked you to plot the top three leagues and the number of games won exactly equal the number of games lost in every league. It was unbelievable that you saw the pattern in the data without even collating it. You saw rough figures. This was raw data. I mean, that was unbelievable. When I actually strategically grafted scientifically to do a new story on it, you were absolutely spot on. There were exactly the same stats. So is that what you mean by a dyslexic being able to see data unlike people like me? Yes, we're, we're able to create pictures in our head from raw data and see what's happening very, very quickly. There must be a fun side to that. Yes, I love going horse racing. Um, I always I was lucky enough when I was 10 to be taken to a racetrack for the first time by somebody who actually um, trained horses. And he showed me how horses behave in, in the parade ring before the race. So for me, again, it's, it's the optimum thing. You have the form, you have um, all the bookies and what's happening and all the tipsters. You have all of that data in front of you. Um, there's a huge amount of data in, in the race card itself. And then there's the psychology of the animals. And people are always fascinated when I say, oh, look, he looks really happy. And, and then they go out and win. So in Ireland, there's a festival of racing every year. It's called Punchestown. Yesterday was Gold Cup Day with a client and Dr. O'Reilly. I attended for the second time in two years. And we had seven winners yesterday. And two years ago, we had seven winners as well. Yes, and what's more scary is that I actually had first, second and third for every race written down in the race card. Yeah, <laughs> we kept the race card for our clients because one of the winners you had was 66 to 1. Yeah, but it, but again, it's it's all that. It's the psychology of the animal. It's the environment. It's what the conditions are like. It's what they like. Yesterday was cold and horrible and the ground was all mashed up because we'd had hailstones. And by the end of the day, anyone who liked a nice clean ground wasn't doing too well. You know, so again, it's, it's, it's psychology and, it, and it's all the form data. There was a funny comment you made when you were looking at animals in the parade ring. And there was this this really small horse and you went oh it's perfect for him and no one was betting on this guy 
Yeah, because um, the smaller horses did very well yesterday, um, which was quite different. Quite often they're, they're overshadows and they lose the race, but they weren't sinking as much and the races weren't as fast yesterday. So I, I, I suppose to wrap this up, yeah, horses is the fun side for me. I, I don't do it very often and, you know, I have to be on track. I have to see the animals in reality. Um, so that, that, that's just a bit of a hobby. A couple of every, every so often I go and do it for, for, for the sheer fun element of it. But yeah, but the other side of the work is very serious. There's a huge amount of money involved in it. There's a huge amount of skill, but everybody seems to be obsessed with the player's feet. Um, and actually, even from a brain point of view, there's a massive interest in, in left brain and right brain integration and in, in uh, left-handed players, which I'm fascinated by. And, you know, there, there's so many components to it and so many layers. And there's so much more happening here. I can't understand why people are obsessed with just looking at players' feet. I do know why the Premier League teams engage with you and ask you to advise them, and it's because you have figured out a way to extract the genius side of soccer players from their personality. Yes, like I'm much more interested in them as a whole person. I'm not interested in their feet. Whereas everyone's focused on their legs and their feet. I know, it drives me nuts. And that's episode eight of Purple Psychology. I'm Maria Reardon. Thank you for listening and for all of the questions and feedback and conversations we've had with listeners around the world since last episode. And these conversations include chats in the UK and also some chats in the United States and some brilliant feedback and emails from people in places like Nashville, Tennessee. You know who you are and thank you for wonderful conversations during the week. And Nisha, thanks for being here. Thank you. 365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Reardon. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store.